You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the Scottish Football Forum podcast, season 11, episode 75, last of a long season. Uh, I'm John, and I'm joined by co-host John. How you doing? Yeah, good. I can't believe it's the end of the season after 75 episodes. I know, it's still less than what we did last season, mind you. There's no Euros this year. No. Major tournament to look forward to. There isn't, though. There was a few Euros podcasts, obviously. From yourself. Yeah, that's right. That. that was good. Hopefully, plenty of people got that for Father's Day yesterday. I certainly hope so. Um, well, not not too late in the year, early books done, but nice. Uh, people bought that for Father's Day. It's a good present. We saw we sold a couple over Father's Day. I can tell you that much. So fabulous. Do you punch it, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, th- three different places in Masto, so. You can if anywhere you look, it's going to be there. There's in the sports bit. There's a small sports bit at the front, and then there's that. There was it was on a Father's Day fabric, and then the main football fabric. It was on that as well. So three different places. I'm trying to help John out as much as possible. So basically, John. Oh, thank like you, Scott. It's appreciated. It's like a horror character where like everybody you look, it's behind you. <laughs> yeah, well, that or you're just falling. <laughs> Fall in love with Andy Roxburgh, does it really? It just depends which way you want to look at it. Aye. <laughs> How are you doing, Scott? You good? I'm good, always good, my friend. So I'm good, good, good. good Cutting that I missed Saturday with the, the old walk. Oh, aye. Pictures yeah. looked good. Josh then abused me at the end, but that was nice. We should say it was a football tour walk, not a walk of a different kind. It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why did he just kind of. All just came out of line at that one moment in time. We used to go up to the, the dry gate and just started following the, the other kind of walk that was happening in Glasgow. It's been entertaining. One person did come into some kind of contact with it. Chris, how are you doing? You good? I doing well. I did unfortunately come into contact with him because I was I got in a bit earlier than the rest of these, so I went to Starbucks first. Wondered why the polls were all hanging about. Found out soon enough, banging in the drum. When the Starbucks folk were panicking, everybody's going to come in after they left. <laughs> I'm going to get overwhelmed. But no. Fortunately, not too much. I don't know. Do, do they not like the macchiatos? Do they not? No, is that not what they're in for now? It's too Catholic, it's when they go to Starbucks, it's got green in the brandy, is it not? That's true. <laughs> don't <laughs> cost them. Safe, totally safe. Um, oh, I talking of beans, John. Uh, Obviously, we were at the football tour on Saturday, and Lindsay kept on referring you to again as Jellybean John. All right, okay. Just remember the podcast, I think. But you, you must have been on it as well. No, I wasn't on that one. Not on um, I, I vaguely remember the reference. Aye. She tried to differentiate between the two Johns because obviously I've had all my like bad nicknames. So she gave you Jellybean John. I'm, I'm gutted I've missed that twice now. Um, I obviously missed it first thing, so um, 
was otherwise engaged them off, off the ball and then Saturday couldn't make it and I'm gutted about that but hopefully next year Oh yeah well I think we are going to try and make it an annual event uh, Josh how you doing you good? Aye, all good, mate. Um, you were sad. You were sadly missed uh, on Saturday, John and Scott. It was, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give um, Lindsay and Graham a wee plug. The new. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was a great day out. Um, we ended up a wee bit more rushed than we thought we were going to be because we spent so much time in each pub. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was it was a really just a fantastic day. Learned so much about um, Scottish football within Glasgow um, and the history of Scottish football, particularly the p- early period of Scottish football history. Um, so can't recommend it enough. Um, if you're you know if you're not a kind of a drinker, obviously there's the the real the, the normal tour. Um, but the guys are obviously organising a, a bit of a kind of pub crawl type tour now as well um, for folk who want to go out, learn a bit about Scottish football and um, also kind of uh, get a bit of while you're doing it. It was just, it was a great day. And some good activities too as well. We all I thought we were going to see at one point Chris score a goal, but... I don't know, First touch. Erin <laughs> did score a cracker into the top corner, but it was no footage of it. <laughs> Exactly, there's no proof. I, 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 I was recording everything else in terms of that activity, thinking, right, okay, Chris, just going a goal. And then I went, I can nothing's going to happen now. And then they decided to do another uh, another sketch. And then I, Aaron, whacked it in the top corner. So, there as John said, you, you get footage in my first touch often. Is, is this the Glasgow football series equivalent of the fancy football Phoenix from the Flames that you've done? Kind of. But we won't give it away, but uh, it was just a wee activity yeah. at the park. Um, How Scottish football gave the world football? Aye. Not the English. Football. <laughs> um, Is that, that, that's emphasized with your first touch? Is that what you're saying? Oh, my first touch was, just, was not a, a good example of anything, to be honest. <laughs> who, uh, remind me, Chris, who finished last in the Keep You Ups tournament? I can't remember who it was. It wasn't me. Um, well, like, it wasn't me. It should have been me. It should have been me. But I finished. I finished third. Out of whatever it was, seven. And I, honestly, mate, that was like me winning the gold medal at the Olympics for me. Well, bronze. <laughs> well, believe me, I was. I was celebrating that like it was a gold. I can't remember. But it was it, first, Erin. No. No, uh, no, no, no. Erin didn't even finish last. It was somebody that I really did not expect to finish last. I think it was Jeff. Might have been. Was it not? Was Aaron not official timekeeper from the tweet that I saw? Ah, Aaron was keeping time. She did. She did have, give a go. Um, didn't do too well. She'd rather talk about a goal. <laughs> and we got upstage by the by the guest because, like, even on a walking tour, we have a guest. Uh, so Neil joined us, and Neil finished top. He, he was first, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he was <laughs> to put it into perspective, not one of us could play keep you up for 10 seconds, but he got to nine and a bit, so <laughs> he was the closest. Tremendous. I blame the wind, the wind was awful, it was ridiculous. I, I was warming the surface, it was a bit bumpy. We should have done so it on the actual bowling green part, but I don't think it does. Oh, it, we should as well give a shout out if anyone is in the area of Hamden or close by, Hamden Bowling Club. Now, we went to some other place in the even in the East End that were quite expensive. A bottle of beer in Hamden Bowling Club was £2. 
which I don't, I cannot remember the last time I paid two pounds for a beer out and about. John, it was incredible. Um, I think Jeff bought the round in that one, and his eyes lit up. Lit honestly, like two suns. He was <laughs> so, he was so happy. He could not believe he was getting a round in for everybody for like twenty quid. And the, there's, a, you know, do you know, I have to still have a kind of membership fee for like a day membership as well. So it's like a pound for that, and then that's sure That's all you need. Plus your drinks. Uh, I don't know, they never charged us because we were on part of the tour, but I would think maybe either might be a week in a guest fee to get in, but I don't imagine it's that expensive. Bowling clubs are pretty good. Oh, no, no, it's not. There's a, there's a casual membership as well, and that, that was a really good deal um, if you just like to go for a drink rather than play the bowls, I think. Um, I remember when I was interviewing Graham, he was talking about all the different ways to do it. But you think a day, a day like this... And you live in the south side. You live in. If I still lived in Shawlands, I would have easily picked up a membership just to to grab a, a couple of drinks outside. Oh, I definitely. We were all sitting outside quite the thin. It was brilliant. Josh almost fell asleep. How was the dry gate? Because I've seen that place. <laughs> yeah. How was the dry gate? Because that's also been used a lot by Scotland HQ. Yeah, I try. I try. Well, when dry gates. Yeah, we, we we actually sat outside in the dry gate, John. Um, so it was really good. Um, I mean, it's always really good. You know, it is a, it is a great pub. Uh, we didn't get food in there. I think we got food in the West. Um, but uh, it was good. I would definitely did... recommend the food in the West. The burger I had was fantastic. And how did you get lost, John? Because there was one moment where it seemed to be you, you were only there. Well, I decided to go a different route. John needed some alone time. I'm walking till you went the wrong way. Some alone time. That sounds like that sounds creepy. Aye. Yeah, you should have heard it was me saying the term, wouldn't you? What's that? You should have said you should have heard the rest. This was saying. I can imagine. I can imagine. Aye. He said he was away. He said he was away for fags, but that's not what I heard. I did. Did get cigarettes. To be honest, no. Basically, I yeah, I went somewhere and then. Couldn't see the rest of them and I went, right, I don't know my way through the park and I don't want to be a, a lone man walking through a park, so that would not be good. So I decided to go to the Cathcart Roadway. I thought that was safer. So that's all it was. And I've seen Hamden before. I've not seen the other Hamden so much, but I've seen the, the main Hamden. So it was all new right. man's coming along quite well. Uh, lesser Hamden. Whatever they're going to end up calling it eventually. Yeah. Queen's Park. It's, it's, it's a beautiful looking pitch. Not a lot else at the moment, right enough, but the stands are still in progress, but the pitch looks immaculate. I mean, if they decided what, do- decide what they're doing for next season yet, because by all accounts, it's not, it's not going to be finished for August. No, it's not going to be ready. No, for chance, no chance, Scott. So, no chance. It's, I mean, Firhill's already, like- already been cancelled. I heard they were in, going into Broadwood. Many teams are going to be at Broadwood. Well, that was so the, you've got that Broomhill mm-hmm. there now. Mm-hmm. Old Colts are still in there, I think. I was wondering if because Paul, both Pollock and Rutherford down here, are now SFA members. Whether or not they can maybe join one of, up with one of them, or do they just go right out of town? Say Broadwood, Cumbernauld. Will the fans really go for that? And, you know, can you not make a decision by now? I mean, surely you guys have just said what I've already heard in terms of it's not going to be ready for the start of next season. 
Oh no, wait a minute. It's no Queen's Park that I'm playing at Stenhouse Mirror, is it? Something weird like that. Did I read? I think it might be. I'm trying to find out. There's also the avenues that I apologise. No, because I remember, I don't know, was I maybe speaking to Jeff about it? Because Jeff sometimes goes and watches Queen's Park. Yeah, Jeff likes to go and watch Um, Queen's Park. And I think it was something weird, like either we're playing out or selling out uh, Stenhouse Mirror. Oh, yeah, I I just looked it up. Queen's announced the team on the, the 25th of May that they play the League Cup home ties at Oakview. Right, so, 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 so the, I don't know whether they'll play like Odia, but it's certainly a League Cup ties are getting played though. Even then, you don't. I don't see that stadium ready for August. It's not, they're not getting a first couple of games away from home, so they can be um, in for the middle of August or start of September. Who knows? If only, if only there was a football podcast, I would know these things. Um, <laughs> Oakview's not bad in terms of there is a train. Apart from the fact that we're now stuck in the worst era in the world for knowing if you can get a train or not. So it'll be interesting to see what their gates are like at Oakleview because, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen with the trains for the next couple of months. Well, if they were impacted when they were playing out of Fur Hill, then it's definitely going to be impacted even more. And they're going to obviously have an increased budget this year as well to be in the Championship. Yeah, Jeff was saying... Um... Uh, about the uh, season tickets for Queens um, this season has actually been pretty shocking in terms of the rise of prices. So it was telling us that two seasons ago, a season ticket at Queens would set you back ninety quid. Uh, then last season it was something like one hundred and eighty. This season they're charging over two hundred. Um, so pretty shocking uh, when you think about, you know, where where they've came from in such a short space of time from being that kind of iconic, only amateur team in Scotland. Well, prof- professional leagues, amateur team. Um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty poor form and kind of moving away from their roots, really. It's it's funny because, you know, they are technically kind of growing too fast, which seems odd to say because they're the old, oldest football club in Scotland. But they are, do you know what I mean? This, um, as Josh says, this kind of small bit since they've become professional it's just both, do you know what I mean? Obviously, they got the Ann Dempster, who's a, you know, top flight executive. Um, you know, the, is it the Dutch guy that's the director of football there? Own coil manager and things like that. It's just, and, then, and, you know, I watched their, their playoff game against uh, Dunfermline at Furhill. The football on both sides wasn't great. And you're asking people more money to watch something you can't say is going to be entertaining. It'll be it'll be hard on them, I think, because they're going to leave a lot of these old, older fans behind. I think. I think maybe there's a few clubs trying to get a wee mention in Jeff's next book, uh, like Scotland's more lost clubs. Going by the way, uh, uh, pricing and rising, obviously, with the likes of Edinburgh City. Cool. Oh no, can't go Medvedev anymore. Oh no, FC. Them. FC. 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 I mean, even if there was some legal thing that meant they couldn't use the name Edinburgh City, you're right. They should have consulted their fans to decide what they were going to go f- be called going yeah. forward. Yeah. 
And it was, I saw somebody tweet, there was a kind of easier solution, which was just Edinburgh citizens, and then they could just kind of call themselves whatever they want the fans after that. It made it easier. But yeah, to, to, not, to not bring the fans involved when you're renaming the football club is just beyond a joke in 2022, you know, I think. You know, after pandemics and things like that, football clubs in Scotland should know that the bread and butter is always with the fans. You need to give a wee shout out as well for one of your recent blogs, uh, Scott. Uh, yeah, on that on that basis, it was Stenhouse Muir. Um, they've kept the same football strip from last season to, to this season because they know the, the kind of cost of living crisis. They don't want their fans paying for an extra extravagance that they didn't need to. Um, they also announced that while season ticket prices would rise slightly, it was just back to the pre-pandemic cost and they could still pay it over 12 months rather than all in a one lump sum. So there are teams that are very much still community-based. Um, I'll always champion them with Supporters Direct Scotland um, or any other kind of you know social media or anything else. But it's just sad that you see a few decisions from other clubs that just kind of... Just don't, don't consult the fans at all. I, I honestly do not understand uh, the rationale behind that. It's the only subject that I... Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing about... about... Anyway, Josh. No, it's, it was me. Oh, um, no. Um, no, I was saying, um, what's the Esmere doing there? I mean, that's um, going back to, you know, the good old days of like the, the 90s when um, teams were bringing a home ship every second year and an away ship every second year. You know, like one year to be the home, the next year to be the away. Um, you know, we're living in a silly era where um, they bring it a home ship every single season and usually an away or a third kit every, every year. And it's just it's just too much, you know, especially, you know, these kids are what, saying, oh, can I get off? Um, can I get that for my Christmas? And all this, you know, it's just, just also good on stage for, um, for um, going, going that road. road. It's just David Celtic Day and bring out ones that remind you of the early 90s because that's a great period for Celtic to remember. Can I get that kit? No, no, the 90s are sheets on. Peter. Well, the Celtic, the Celtic home strip hasn't changed for a while, has it? I think we're going with the controversial change of green and white hoops. Yeah, it's just green and white hoops, isn't it? And sometimes it's white and green hoops, and then other times it's just green and white hoops. <laughs> uh, I did see a wee boy. A different pattern. <laughs> I did see a, a young boy, must have been about five or six, he was in uh, my shop over the weekend with the new Kilmarnock away strip. You know, the one that we all were thinking looked like a bank carpet or a, a bus seat. Well, that's uh, the third strip. That's, that's so the third is strip. that a third strip? Why have they got a third strip? That's what I was going to ask. That's like the, European European the European games. That's for Kelly on tour. For when they're dreaming on uh, Thursday nights that they're not playing Welsh teams. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it, it, it looked all right. The big guy looked all right. So they've obviously got one sale in, in the books. So good on them. I suppose it's a wee retro number, but I don't recall it before anywhere else. Recall seeing that strip before back no, in the day, just on the train seats. I've got to be honest, man. I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm I'm all for. I think I think in the modern in the modern day. With, with football strips, there's, there's far too much of every... I mean, it feels like every other season you've got another club that comes out with, or, you know, our home kit this season is paying homage to a famous kit from 40 or 50 years ago. It feels like 
retro kits used to be quite kind of um, niche and you know something that that you know that, you know there, there was a bit of a kind of collectors collectorship about it but now i think it actually is quite over commercialized getting retro kits and ironically it's I, I would actually probably find myself buying a new kit a fresh looking kit um before buying maybe like a retro one of, of one for, from 20 or 30 years ago um but it's so i i don't mind the the new kelly third kit um at least it's an attempt at something original did John, did John not say it was a retro one from way back? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, probably from before, said, George, supposedly I read, but I don't know what, I don't recall it myself, so I was asking. I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd, no, but I'd, I'd, I didn't uh, hear that anywhere. Um, all right, well. No, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I just say that John said that, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, uh, I know Commander have had dark blood kits in the past yeah. as like an alternative away shirt. Like um, Chris also remember when they beat when Celtic beat Killing the the Cup final of two thousand one when Larson scored that. It was an old blood kit that day that Commander had. Um, but I, I actually like that 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 shirt. I mean, it's something a little bit different, and you know, yes, it looks like Scott Rail seats um, a wee bit, but I think it's actually quite smart. I think the only thing that's I might be in the minority, but I like it. I think the only thing that's actually missing is the sports division kind of logo on it. <laughs> I think that, because I'm sure if it's the kit that I'm thinking of that's kind of retro to it, was it not the sports division? That's the company that was sponsoring at the time, wasn't it? Should ask Neil. You would know. It's... Uh, yeah, like ops. What, some kits that were getting praised over the weekend were the podcast kits. They're definitely original, you know, they're not harking back to anything else. They're not good quality. You could wear it with them. Aye. A few folk mentioned that they've been asking about them. So, aye, we might need to try and see if we can get some more for folk to buy. And what do we all think of the, the old Dundee United logo change, the drastic changes <laughs> that have happened there? Yeah, they've moved them a couple of triangles and um, changed the font. Aye, good work. Worth an eight-minute video, whatever it was. Contrav- it's controversial, by the way, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know why there's there's no writing in the streets of Dundee. <laughs> I, came out of, came out of loved love though. I have loved all the all the jokes on on social media about how you know you've got this logo change, but Sky will still get the Dundee logos mixed up. <laughs> Different divisions this year, but now nah, I'll still see the Dundee one from Dundee United up on Bounty. See what you Did have you see to see their mix up over the Calvin Ramsey um, um, montage. Um, so they had Calvin Ramsey set up a goal and Aberdeen won Dundee United 2, even though Aberdeen actually won that game. And then again, as you mentioned, when he scored against Dundee, they absolutely put the Dundee United patch up. Oh, they just <laughs> don't care, do they? Um, that's, that's I don't know if it's as bad as STV's one last week. Oh, the one where they got the wrong new manager. The Jim McAnally mm-hmm. taking on the job, but it was actually Jim yes. McIntyre. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, McAnally and McIntyre look so like. <laughs> Jim McAnally's famously the longest serving uh, manager of Scottish football as well. <laughs> that would have been a big thing had he, had he been the one that had moved. But instead, uh, Rangers have went for the option of somebody that's not managed for like three years. Right. 
and then he was honking at Dundee at that time or not? I don't get that point. Aye, I've got to, I've got to say, I'm with you, Chris. I, I think Jim Jim McIntyre is our league's version of Sam Allardyce. He's just, you know, he's just like he's like the Grim Reaper of football clubs. He appears whenever you're, whenever a club's going down or something really bad's about to happen to them. I I don't see how it fits at Cove at all. I think Cove are now my favourites to go back down. We'll do predictions in the coming months. It's like we're talking here because this is like the second half of June and we've got the start of July is the, the League Cup, so there's only like a couple of weeks before the new season starts. Those predictions, aren't we? Aye. Are they right. Thistle and Arlowa playing a friendly tomorrow? Are they? Yeah. Aye. Yeah, Thistle have been back for a good week now, so it wouldn't surprise me. The pre-season is getting right into the mix. Because they don't really... I think that I think that was an argument I've seen as well. Some of the championship teams, they don't really have a chance to pre-season anymore in terms of friendlies because of the the cup situation. So I don't know if they've made it a wee bit earlier just to get a couple and just to kind of sharpen up before a competitive game. Try and get an edge. Aye, because it's what, the 9th of July? The, the League Cup group stage starts. I don't know, ask the Aberdeen supporters. I, know, I, I, I've, I've, I've no idea, I don't keep up. For the first time. Really? First time, aye. We've got friendlies. Nothing but friendlies. Oh, well, it will be first time ever, won't it? Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. We're playing under 18s at this rate, right? the lack of signings. Though, I'm led to believe there's five. there'll be five signings by the end of the week, but we'll see what happens. As long as they're in time for the first game, that would be decent. But uh, how's St Mirren going to replace five players then? <laughs> but the, the, the we might get like, some from Allo. That was a Jim Goodman club. <laughs> aye, the daft it is, folk know we've got a bit of money now. So what do you, what do you aye. Johns, think of that deal then? Are you, are you happy with the money you got? You want to do a wee bit more? I don't get any money. Uh, well, Aberdeen got. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those ones, Scott. Um, because of the some some papers were dramatising it more than it was ever going to be worth. I think um, we've got four point two up front. Some people say oh, we should have held it for five and all the rest. So I think at the end of the day, it's a club record sale um, immediately because the last one Scott McGinnity, so we've already made more than that. Um, potential of another two and a half million, and if Liverpool sell in a few years. And you look at the silly prices that they go for, like for example, Danny Ward went for twelve million and didn't even kick a ball. Um, we'll get seventeen and a half percent of whatever Liverpool make it, and if they choose to sell them, so I think it's a decent enough deal, and we've got to be fairly content with it. Wish it was a wee bit more, but you know that's always going to be the case, isn't it? But good luck to that person forward. What an opportunity for him to get into a club at Liverpool at his age. I know it's a difficult job to try to get in the team. See, the thing is that the one thing about the whole deal that I, 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 I kind of would have pissed me off if I was an Aberdeen fan in terms of the money, and it pisses me off because I'm a, a fan of Scottish football and I want to see Scottish football clubs get more money, is it was Liverpool. If it was maybe somebody else that but Liverpool just spunking cash left, right, and centre, 70 odd million, and players from 
Portugal and stuff like that. I, I could see if Liverpool could have one of our players. I'd be like to think that you're at least you would be getting like six to eight million, six or eight million in that range, not six to eight million before. It's just because that is the, the premium price for a premium Premier League club. Yeah, they still they still throw us or scraps this way, which. Listen, if that's all you're getting offered is Aberdeen, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Aberdeen. It's just you must be a, you know, if, if you you look at certain other deals that are happening this summer, and you think for a very talented youngster, you would have probably expected a wee bit more. Um, and now he's got, as somebody just said, the enviable task of actually getting in the team. Because they did not release Tony Gallagher last season, or was it the end of this season that he's been released from Liverpool and the left back that was at Falkirk? So you know, well, I believe all... they got more. Hmm. Sorry, Scott, you go. No, you go. Sorry. I was just going to say, um, maybe we'd have got a wee bit more had we finished higher than tenth in the league, but we just had a rotten season. Um, maybe that's had something to do with it. He only got a handful of European games at the start of the season. Um, so um, had we done a wee bit better in the league um, and made an impact and you know, got to the group stages of one of the European competitions we might have got more but it's just why it's just why these things yes of course they'll earn a wee bit more money but um, we've still got a record sale out it so it's all good from that perspective and hopefully we'll get some for Lewis Ferguson as well what is it although um, there was a championship club that only bid one and a half million uh, double that See, Ferguson's one of those that we need to settle this summer, I think, because if we don't, he's only got two years left in his contract. So I don't think we would sell him mid-season, and then you wait till that summer, he'll just probably think, well, I'll just sit tight and then see up my contract and see what offers I get. I think we'd be one, one and a half million would have been insulting. I did only had a year of his contract left, mm-hmm. but with two years of his contract left, from one and a half, no, you're at it. Yeah, I think you're talking. I would be looking for at least three. Yeah, he's not back to from Watford last year, and they were in the Premier League at the time, mm-hmm. and he's had another decent season. So, and he's become a scorer international since then. So, he's actually upped his value, but my wall think now was just five hundred um, thousand less. Get yourselves. Yeah, I think for the fact that he's now a regular uh, in the Scotland squads and he's once again consistently produced decent football, um, I would say three million is your, your absolute minimum if it was if it was me. Um, but you know what it's like? We, we always have these kind of debates. Well, 1.5 million, that's a disgrace, that's a disgrace. And then suddenly, oh, I sold for 1.7 million. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Sometimes if we just undersell it, we just don't we just don't dig our heels in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much that you could say that about pretty much every club in Scotland save Celtic in the last kind of fifteen years. Celtic have started and Celtic had to do it in a different way where they, they still did undersell their, their talent until that talent then proved themselves elsewhere and then they could push it up. Um, and you know maybe that's the case for Aberdeen as well maybe with Ramsey 
Maybe as they move Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield, Ramsey takes over the right-back slot in two years' time and becomes one of the best right-backs in the world, then Aberdeen for selling a youth product, that, that adds an extra five million onto that next person because Ramsey does well. If you, if you look at it that way and how Celtic's model seem to, to slowly work itself up. On a bar I, I don't think that's one based on the speculation so far about Clogby and Jesse and him. I don't think I don't think it particularly helped that Aberdeen had a terrible season. Um, I think you know it, it probably would have demanded more. Albeit he, personally, he had a, a, a you know a very good season at such a young age. Um, I think that the fact Aberdeen had a terrible season, where generally speaking, their defence was pretty woeful, um, and they'd narrowly missed out on the kind of playoff spot. Um, I, th- I think that probably drove his price down a wee bit. Um, but it's, you know, like John uh, John B said, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's maybe a wee bit less than you would have hoped for, but I think it's still a record signing for Aberdeen. Um, there's a lot of, you know, potentials in there in terms of a sell-on, etc. So um, you've got to just take that money and run. What, what I wanted to ask uh, the two Johns about is this boy that's Aberdeen have signed, um, the Albanian boy, Liber Ramadan, or Yiliber Ramadan, or whatever his Ramadani. name is. Ramadani. Your Ramadani, exactly. We all had to check, make sure it was the wind-up. <laughs> do, do you know anything about him? Do you know anything about him yet? All I've heard is he can play either defensive mid or box to box, and he's an Albanian international. But he's not a, an absolute first choice for them. He's kind of like on the fringes, but he's been involved recently for them. 26, decent age, I suppose. So hopefully he comes in, he's a, a bit of a boss job. We've, we've lacked one of them for a while in midfield. Try to be polite there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, the, the one basher that we did sign last summer. Um, didn't really do it, unfortunately, because he was done, Scott Brown. He really did it in a couple of yeah. Rangers games, but not very often other than that, to be to be fair. But he was done, to be fair, and, um, and good luck to Scott Brown as a manager um, did it uh, Fleetwood. But I was hoping that we would have had a few signings in last week, because we've got two weeks until this game against Peterhead in the um, the League Cup. Um, so I was hoping there would have been a few in last week and maybe a few this week, but we'll just need to wait and see what happens. But one thing's for saying we need a big rebuild because um, that squad that we've got is not good enough. Um, you know, I actually think that the squad as it is just now won't be in a relegation fight. So we need to um, get added so that we're not in a relegation fight. But I think we'll add the players that we need and hopefully we'll have a decent season. It has been fairly quiet so far overall, though, I think, in terms of transfer sure. business. And was it not? A lot of talk as well that some contracts don't end until the end of June. In terms of getting deals yeah, July's quite a kind of time so, to move. Aye, let's, I suppose and then you've been international recently as well. And then you get folk like Jota who's on his eighth holiday or whatever he's on. Where's Christian Ramirez? Is he in Aberdeen? Is he in Los Angeles? Is he in Aberdeen? Is he in Los Angeles? Top was he arriving Saturday. He was given a wee bit extra time off. Again, even though he gets a team he's off been, he's the holidays. Been, he's been missing since his mate got the sack after the Scottish Cup game against Mother. So, see what happens. It was uh, the last thing I saw you've been like, you're linked by a goalkeeper. Uh, I think it was with one of you guys. It was on the, the group chat, actually. It was a Sheffield Wednesday boy. Did that? 
that just don't happen. They're not letting him go, supposedly, just now. So they all they talk about We've been linked to a few. For a while. Yeah. We were linked with Xander Clark, we've been linked with Flagkey. We were linked initially with that um, Jack Annick before he went down to Cardiff. Um but Joe Lewis still has two years left in his deal. We need to bring in competition for Lewis or if Lewis is willing to go also new number one, but anyway, we don't need to make this an Aberdeen show. Aberdeen's one of the more interesting ones or something. Because he didn't Aye. perform so badly last season that you need to now kick on and, and improve. Uh, there has to be a rebuild and a quick quick turnaround as well. So, yeah, it, it is a fascinating one to look at. That's, but then there's Dundee United, you know, with Tam Coates leaving and Jack Ross has come in. Um, how, does, how does that then change their dynamic once again? That's what third manager, or fourth manager in four years, is it? Well, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, they they've lost a lot of players, Scott. Uh, Dundee United. I mean, when you think about it, you know, Seagrass is away. It was key. Um, off, yeah, off the top of my head, um, Spoiler is away. Um, who was a, a pretty much a mainstay for them last season. He was really good for them. Uh, and there's another big one that's away. Um, Kevin McDonald. Um, though I can't remember how much he played or not. Um, but I mean, there's there's three big names that have went on uh, Fugitions. Seagrass is gone as well because he's supposedly coming to Celtic. Uh, that, that was the first one Josh mentioned. Was he that but, yeah, uh, Harks has been linked with Morecambe, um, I think, as well. Scott Brown's been linked has with it? pretty much every Scottish Premiership player at the moment. Uh, so yeah, you know, obviously they've got Europe, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they then, as I say, with a new manager. Change again, I'm assuming, to some degree. I think they're, are they third qualifying round in the conference? Like, yeah, I think they're, they're a bit second. Yeah, so they're a bit so, so, Aye, so Motherwell don't play until the 21st of July. So you're talking another couple of weeks. You're in August by the time that Dunedin United actually have to play a European qualifier. So they're pretty much at the same time off Aber- Celtic, have actually. Um, Aberdeen have actually made another signing today. Um, we received a tweet. Um, it's a guy called Jaden Richardson. He's a defender from Nottingham Forest and he's joined us on a permanent deal. Um, fullback made two appearances in the Championship last season. He's 21. That's pretty much all I know about him. So, we've signed a player. Yay. Two. It's the Calvin Ramsey replacement already in then. He's a fullback. Looks like it. Looks like it. I seen though, was it Seville bidding what just under seven million for Morelos? Then we're talking about yeah. low ball offers. Yeah, that that's that's the talks. See, to be honest, I mean, the, I mean the money's not enough, but I think um, I think Seville's probably about the level that you would be expecting Morelos to go to. Um, you know, he's I think he's on his at his peak. And this is just my view. At his peak, he's the best striker in Scotland. Um, and all-round striker, I just think he's got everything. He's, he's, he's to- I mean, the, the only thing he's possibly lacking a little bit is just that final total peak sharpness. Um, because he does, at times, uh, he can squaff certain chances and he can miss a certain chance. But, I mean, that in the European run... It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I think Sevilla is probably about the level 
um, that he I would be thinking he would he's he's, he's past in terms of his ability I think he's past Scottish football um, with with the greatest in respect to our game. Um, but I don't think he's quite the finished article enough to go to a top, top level team. I mean, it's Sevilla are a top team, um, but I don't think he's quite a, a maybe, you know, a, a Liverpool or a Man City or a Barca. It's not, it's not there, but he, I think he definitely could go to a high team in one of the big leagues. Um, so Seville uh, would be a, a good move for him personally. I think the money's no right, though. Um, he is tied up in a deal, Morelos. He's not one of the ones that's going out the door. So, you know, um, I would I would be looking for him. Fifteen, probably fifteen million would be my my estimation. Um, he's just such a good player. So there's um, so there's a few things with the Morelos situation. It, it, Rangers are probably not going to get his full market value in terms of because he's into the last year of his contract now. That's the. Premium time for selling Morelos, I think, would have been last uh, last summer. But then you wouldn't have got the season you got from him in terms of the Europa League. So it kind of, kind of balances itself out. I do agree, six billion is nowhere near enough. I would think that fifteen million with the would be probably. It's just a shame, as, as I say, that because of his injury. And sometimes people kind of will then kind of put a lower offer in because they've not seen him for a couple of months. And you then put thinking he's only got 12 months left on his current deal. I'm getting, Scott, I'm, I've, I've been mistaken. I, I thought his deal was up in 2024. Um, I thought he was the one one of the ones that was only 2024. He's not. He's 2023, the same as um, same as Jack and Ken and um, um, the likes of Aripo. Um, so yeah, actually that is a worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's, but it, but yeah, it, 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 this is this is going to be a kind of interesting summer again for Rangers because you've just mentioned all the players that are coming into their last year of their contract. All well, certainly with Ryan Kent, with Aribo and Morelos. So probably apart from Calvin Ramsey, that's your three biggest sellable assets in it. If you're not going to tie them down to a contract, Calvin Bassey. What did I say? Ramsey. Calvin Ramsey. Calvin Ramsey. <laughs> sorry. Ramsey in the head. Calvin. So, yeah, Bassey, apart from him, everybody else is now with your, re- your best selling time is now because obviously they're out of contract next year. So, unless you can tie them down for a contract, the next month, then you're probably looking that you might have to sell two of them because you don't want you could leave maybe leave one for a free, but you don't want to have all three of them going or four of them. I think, I think look at looking at that, considering now actually, we'll probably be lucky to get 10 11 million from um if he's going in the last year of his deal. You, you don't want a situation where you're going in and as you're saying, you've got a rebo who's one of the biggest sellable assets. Um, you've got Kent, who's another one of the biggest sellable assets, and you've got Morelos. Potentially, all three of them, you know, being able to sign Bosman's come um, December, January. Um, so that is a bit worrying, actually. Um, but I mean, irrespective of whether we sell Morelos or not, we need a striker, and we, need, we probably need two strikers. Um, we definitely need someone. I, I, 
for me, for me as a fan, um, I would be looking at trying to offload some of the Deadwood at Rangers. Um, you know, and and in my view, I I, I do think Kemar Roof probably comes under that. Um, I think he's a very good player, but I just think he's not dependable for fitness. Um, so you know, would I be wanting him sell you know get him moved on for a for a good fee? Yeah, Morelos if he's going to go, so right there that means we're left with no strikers essentially because I don't believe that Sakala is a natural striker. I think he's a better winger. Um, so yeah, um, we're at a bit of a crossroads in terms of strikers. We need to get people in. Um, whether that means getting someone on a short-term basis uh, who has pedigree, you know, someone a bit older, the kind of age of 31, 32, 33, um, to deputise for Morelos if he's going to be here. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of business Rangers do over the next kind of few months. Um, needless to say, it's not shaping up any time quick. We're not really making a lot of waves in terms of transfer business yet. Um, and these qualifiers, they're coming up. So it's a bit concerning. Yeah, you'd like to think that they know. Sorry, you go. I was going to say about Morelos, I think Rangers have done um, what Celtic did with Edward and held on to um, him a year too long. Because um, Celtic um, held on to Edward for another season and whilst he scored a few goals, he then entered the final year of his contract and Celtic got a bit of, I mean, don't get me wrong, nine million plus add-ons or whatever it was, it's still decent money um, for, for Edward, but it wasn't anywhere near what they could have got from um, had they sold him a year before. And I think Rangers have done the same with Morelos. Last year was the time to get rid of him because and he down tools for a couple of months, don't forget, because he didn't get his summer move. Um so that's that's just my thoughts on it. The thing with Edward is that Celtic effectively get their money back for Edward because that's how much they had to pay PSG to get him in the first place. Morelos didn't cost much. So I think anything the Rangers can get for him and if it's going to be up in the region of ten million, which I don't think's unreasonable given his record. His his record in the Europa League especially, never mind this is a Scottish football record. His record in Europe is phenomenal. Now, I know people have a dig at him for saying ah, it's over the well being able to score against St. Joseph's or Gibraltar, but he scores at every level in the Europa League. He has scored against the better teams in there as well. And I, th- I think, had he been fit in the latter rounds, Rangers might have won that trophy. And I think that's the one thing they were lacking. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and I, I, I know lots of Rangers fans have said that if, if, and if we had Morelos in the final, you know, a focal point, a striker, I think we possibly could have went on and won that. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to open those wounds. The thing is, in terms, especially with the last year's contract, that is, you know, kind of, it becomes more of a kind of buyer's market in that sense, whereas if they desperately need a striker, they want those goals, they might pay a wee bit more, but for Sevilla, they probably will kind of just wait and hold off, because that's the kind of operation that they do, they don't, they can spot a good player, and they can usually get them for a good price, so again, it'll be interesting to see if if he leaves and where he ends up. Sevilla, I agree with Josh, would be an ideal kind of club in terms of size, and and stepping up um, rather than going, I, I don't think he's good enough for that top, top elite level, but I think a team like Sevilla is just that shade off it, which should be interesting to see how he gets on there. 
Sevilla would challenge them because I mean it's as you say it's kind of like a it's a Spanish team that's expected to challenge for like the Copa del Rey or be up there for the Champions League places. They're in the Champions League this coming season, so if he can get if he can get a move to a Champions League team, then that gives him that step up a challenge as well. Because as I said, he's got a great record in the Europa League, but he's never had a chance in the Champions League yet. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do at the top level. I would like to, a lot of the speculation in terms of coming in is Ross Stewart. I would like to see that happen because I remember when I supported Rangers, it was all a kind of case of a lot of the Scottish players that would come in and you would have, uh, and I think now you've got John Souter coming in from Hearts. If you had Ross Stewart added on to that, it would be more reminiscent of like a Walter Smith era than it, there has been previously. We shall see what happens. What about Celtic and Juranovic? That was the breaking news That's earlier. The right? thing is, I was hearing that earlier on. Uh, he support could be on his way. Well, there's a lot of interest in him. I don't know if that's going to translate into he will leave. Um, but certainly he, that would be a blow because I think Celtic missed him in the latter weeks. I think had he played in that semi-final at Hamden against Rangers, Celtic might have been in the final. Um, I, I do think he was a loss when he got injured. But if there is interest, then I suppose everybody's got their price. And I, I would be disappointed to lose him because I think he's a decent player. He's obviously a good penalty taker as well. But we've got Ralston, so Ralston's amazing. <laughs> Everybody loves Ralston these days. That to me, that was that was the the high one of the many highlights of last season was the turnaround to Anthony Ralston because that was a guy who was at the door. He was going like nobody had any interest in him, and he not only came into that team when asked to do it, he thrived in that environment and was getting involved in the number of um, assists that he got. He got on the score sheet himself. Obviously, got into the Scotland team and, and scored against um, Armenia in the. His, his home start debut. Come to wrong those lines. His first start. The right back, the right back option for Scotland is looking so much brighter now. Um, after years of it, just like Stephen had done no disrespect, and but he was the best of a a weak bunch. You know, it was like him or Liam Palmer and guys like that. Um, but O'Donnell was by far the best. And now you've got now you've got um, Patterson, Ross, and potentially Ramsey, depending how he gets on at um, Liverpool as well. I mean, I think after I think after those four games that we've just seen Scotland play, I think Ralph that that jersey's Ralph's right now. I don't. I, I think Hickey was given a chance and didn't take it against Ukraine. Whether that's his fault or whether it's just a collective the team were rotten against Ukraine, I don't know. But Ralph then came in, took his chance, played great against Armenia. I think he was probably one of the very very few positives from that Ireland game. Because there was a number of times he got forward, he roasted James McLean a couple of times, especially, and never had them to deliver it to. Um, but that's probably the only good thing you can say about Scotland in that game. Um, and it was odd that he kind of got dropped after that. But even then, when he when he did get a chance, he was taking it. So I think that jersey's his at the moment. Um, I don't think O'Donnell walks straight back into that team. I don't think Hickey can make a claim to it either. Although it's good to see competition in that position. Because, um, as you said, the left-back position was the one that we were having the, the, the too many players in the one position. We could really do with some more strikers. Though. I think it all depends on the right-back situation, who's playing at the time regularly for their club. 
when the next kind of fixtures come come out. If Patterson's broken into the Everton team, he's doing really well there. Ralston's still fighting um, for the Celtic jersey and not cemented as a first-team starter, then I think it'll go with Patterson. Yeah, but, uh, the same token, if Patterson's played for Celtic, uh, sorry, Patterson's played for that, that would be a weird one. If uh, Ralston's playing for Celtic and uh, Patterson's not broken into that Everton team, then, yeah, Ralston's going to get, should at least keep that jersey anyway. I, I, I definitely wouldn't write off Hickey. I don't. I think it would be unfair to do that, but I think it was odd that he was thrown into such a big game and then the whole of the team didn't perform, not just him. I think I think Hickey has to play more right back uh, for his club if we want him to be our future right back. I don't mind the odd game and all the rest of it, but he's not going to be the permanent right back if we've got two Ramsey's. If Ramsey starts playing for Liverpool at some point, that's three really good right backs who are actual natural right backs playing week in, week out. Hickey, I could see more a case of threatening to dislodge. Robertson, which is obviously going to be a, a tough ball for anybody, um, and knocking Taylor out of the squad, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give it up. Hopefully we'll have more to talk about in terms of transfers in about four weeks' time. That'll be when the, the preview episodes will come about. Shall we go and have a wee bit of a dive into some best moments of the season? Whether it be Absolutely. a podcast or other stuff. John. Did that have any decent moments? Maybe 16 months. Yeah, so I put in the group chat, um, you know, asking for everyone's top three um, episodes of the season. I also put this on Twitter and we got a grand total of no replies. Um, <laughs> but we got some of the, <laughs> so we got um, some from the, the China. Erin, um, is put in her, her top theme is um, the one with um, Open Facts on Adam Miller. That was a great episode of that one. Um, season preview when she still had hope. Remember her big prediction Aberdeen were going to win the league. And she was given some run the league cup. She still um, had hope in the mid season podcast, by the way, as well. Don't, was it just the opener? <laughs> Maybe too much of the Christmas wine. Um, at that point, um, I mean, she, she said she gave St. Murray the, the League Cup, so she was obviously pining for Jim Goodwin even then. <laughs> exactly. And number three, she had Dead Ray, which was a great episode. Um, so, what were you guys? What were yours, Pina? Um, highlights or favourite episodes out well, of what, the 74 that we've had? I've got to blow smoke up your arse, John, but not Euro 2092. I'm not even going to split them up. The, all the series of podcasts you did for Euro 92, I know you're. It was basically to plug your own book, but that series was fantastic. That was probably my highlight of the, the 74, the, even, well, 74 that were published. This is a 75th, but yeah, that was my favourite of the, the lot. So I'm not splitting them up. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, I must say. Uh, one of my highlights of the season before I start the, the three podcasts was uh, Josh's uh, tweet with the gazebo. <laughs> that was uh, that was tremendous. The podcasts, um, 
had Derek Ray. That was, and I wasn't on that one, so that's how good I thought that one was. As I, I remember saying at the time when I tweeted it, it was like a school teacher just putting down his kids and just you know telling them the history of kind of football almost. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I really enjoyed. I can't remember <laughs> which one it was, or it was either the Israel game or the Denmark game. I can't remember exactly, but just to have that sort of um, euphoria. Just yeah, and we just wanted to talk about the game. We just wanted to talk about the atmosphere. Everything just came together. We were so hopeful, and Scotland were the best team in the world, and we're going to win World Cups and Europe, Europe, European Championships, and all the rest of it. Absolutely loved that one. And uh, my favourite was the Christmas quiz. Because oh, me, <laughs> <laughs> me and Scott deservedly won the Christmas quiz. It was, see, it was one of our favourites because progressively as well, it was always going to be carnage, right? And it was never going to be a serious quiz. I mean, I think some people go on expecting a serious quiz. You weren't getting a serious quiz on the podcast. And Andy, Josh was getting nominated on it. Well, let me tell you, I come on spec, I, I come on expecting a serious fucking operation, right? And let me tell you, John, you were hardly fucking Magnus, by the way. No, Honestly, you, you were... it was the big fat quiz of the year, it wasn't he? Martha Lloyd, no, very well. Yeah, Andy, the Motherwell fan, get progressively progressively drunk, which was very funny. He actually tweeted to say that that would definitely not be his highlight, but no, it was <laughs> funny. Um, aye, and it was a good laugh. It was something different as well. Like, see, try to control that many people as well in a podcast. Good luck. I, I, didn't, I, I did. I, I, I liked, uh, I liked the, I had the three I had down. Um, I really liked the, um, yeah, I, I really liked the Christmas quiz one. Uh, that was a good laugh, although I, I think I get landed with the guy. Is it the guy for Dictator? I got right, Joe. Aye, uh, aye, Joe for Dictator, man. There was a music round and he was fucking hopeless, right? And I'm like, mate, I'm like, mate, you're in a band, right? How the hell do you know, know this? I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm actually sitting there thinking to myself, I hope, he, I hope he doesn't listen to this episode, baby. I'm actually sitting there in my house on Zoom thinking, is this guy actually for real? It's a fucking music round, he's not got one right yet. Good guy though. Um good guy, good guy, Andy. Uh, no, what's his name? Joe. Joe, Joe, sorry. Joe for that. Joe, Joe, you're a good guy, mate. Um you're crap. I mean, I hope your hope your music's good. But uh, <laughs> um anyway, um no, I like that one. Um I liked uh and this is where I blow blow smoke up my ass. I I really enjoyed the mental health special that um Vinny and I done. Um, I thought we'd done that with uh, Michael McEwen and Lauren Grant for Partick Thistle. Um, I just, I thought it was a really, um, yeah, I, I really, it was really cathartic and I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was a really kind of important topic. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I also, and, and it's a bit weird about uh, John Bleasdale. I particularly liked the one we'd done post-Euros with the two Russells, Russell for the Three Lines podcast and uh, other Russell for the Wales podcast, whatever. whatever podcast Pelderoid. Aye, well, you said it better than me. Um, but I, I really liked that one because um, it was just about a debriefing uh, about the Euros 
Um, and it was I, I got the chance to really, really give it large to Russell. Um, it was Russell Osborne's the English one, wasn't he? Yes. I, I got a chance to give it large about Billy Gilmore to Russell Osborne. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that one. That was that was really good. To be fair, Russell um, Osborne took that in good stead. You know, he, he knew what we were going to be about before he came on. So they were good guys. Right? Favourite moments from a podcast was uh, Josh just disappeared one time, remember, John? He just disappeared and then he was... Oh, the rat? Rat game? The, the, he was uh, taming a rat. Aye. We found out later on. Aye. Aye. And it was a mouse. Yeah. A mouse, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. It was a mouse. Sorry. It was a mouse. Uh, I sent his videos and all that. Hope uh, the mouse isn't listening. <laughs> 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 no, no, <laughs> uh, mate. I had to rip. I had to rip my living room apart that night. I remember the pictures. Ah, <laughs> the picture of the traps that you were trying to set. It's a nightmare, man. Oh, it's a nightmare. The other highlight was I don't remember the mid-season Premiership podcast when Laurie quoted Harry the Hibs fan word for word in terms of what he'd said from the opening podcast. I and basically get tore right into him. It was tremendous. He just like tore Harry a new one, so that was good fun. Again, they, like so, I've got my my top three, and that's one of the ones that I, again, it's, I don't want to split them up because I like the way that the podcast was put together. But somebody from all the twelve of the Premiership teams was on, so we obviously had the preview one, and then we had the mid-season one, and then we had the review one. So although it's three separate podcasts, the concept was fantastic, and I hope we can continue that next season. Obviously. Nobody had a D fan on, maybe we got a Kamala fan on. Aye, no, they, they will continue and we might even try and do a wee bit more of the, the lower league stuff as well because we've got a few experts from there as well that we might even manage to get one for each league, possibly. Maybe. We'll see. John, Donald was messaging me uh, wanting to get a beach volleyball podcast going. Um, <laughs> he would need to turn up. I think it was the women's Saudi Arabian uh, beach volleyball. Um, he was wanting to say, he was saying he was watching it last Saturday. The Scotland game was on, but he was watching the um, the women's Saudi Arabian beach volleyball. He was wanting to get a podcast going. I, I don't know. Maybe the listeners will be, but um, will be made into it. Uh, they'll be, but listen to that next season. Is that right? Because it was better than watching us play Ireland. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Drives better us play Ireland. You need to find Donald first, to be fair. It's the Will's Donald book will be coming out soon enough. If he's at the, <laughs> if he's at if he's at the beach, I'm guessing maybe he's been using the manscaped. So That's an image I didn't want to. <laughs> to have in my brain, to be honest with you. At least Aaron's Nokia having a dinner. Uh, manscaped, John. What, what's this manscaped you're talking about? <laughs> well. Donald, I think he's a man of the 80s, so he's probably there in the Speedos watching the beach volleyball. And you watch how we say that, Speedos. Um, so he has been using the Lawnmower 4.0 to play a lovely design for the summer. I believe it's a golden ray of sunshine. Um, so if you two want to have your own golden ray of sunshine down below, you can go on to uk.manscape.com. Look like Donald by using the code SFF20. So if it's a matter for the 80s, is it like 
permed or afro is it you know a collie son just just don't wear the um, footballer shorts they wore mateys right up to the bloody groin it's the speedos (laughs) that's why you need to use it the the shorts in the 80s were tiny so you had to make sure you were manscaped or things would hang out like we're talking about Queen's Park earlier, like spiders and all that. <laughs> so, aye. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going we're gonna to piece a bit, but what about that Saturday when the, <laughs> the, the, the Hamburgers, you missed this one, Scott, this was a cracker. Uh, the the Hamburgers tour, uh, Graham and Lindsay were keen as the, the kind of uh, history and all that at Queen's Park. And I think they said something about... Um, Something about um, the the spiders. Queens Park were founded. They were called the spiders because in 1982, uh, 1882 or something, uh, they were passing a spider's web or something like that. And uh, Jeff, Jeff was half cut, and he's, uh, he he hits it with, "Aye, that's no what I heard. <laughs> I've got a newspaper article for 1880, so that's a load of shit." <laughs> Basically, like, said, no, 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 his words, right? But it was so funny, man. It was like, uh, I don't think he's going to get invited back on that tour. I oh, wasn't happy at that, definitely. Um, um yeah. speaking of the Hamdeners, uh, Donald um, put that as his favorite episode. Um, well, one of his three, Elspeth Derry and the boy Abraham Mustafa. That's because he was on that one. He's one appearance this season. He was on the football. I think he was on football manager as well. If I remember rightly, I was at no, I was Ross. Uh, no, he was he was playing cricket manager or something at the time, so he couldn't couldn't make it. Beach volleyball manager. <laughs> we move on. You just you just know that this is this is going to be a theme for next season, isn't it? All, all the weird, all the weird sports. What, what weird sport has Donald been watching this week? No, I was thinking more so that if you've not made the podcast, that you end up involved in the landscape, Dad. Because in the past, if someone couldn't make the podcast, we would just make up a reason. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't give the legit reason. So, aye, Donald's at the beach in his speedos. He's used a manscaped, and he's got a curly son. Like it. <laughs> Don't drape your heart out. Aye. Uh, on the talk of sponsorship. We should also thank our fantasy football sponsors. So, Supernova Terrasphere, good guys there, uh, who also covered um, discount at Euro 92 throwbacks. We've got supply shirts as well. Now, supply shirts at the moment for listeners of the podcast are given 10% off their products using the code SFF, just that. Um, and then we've got the mental health organisation Mind, Body and Soul UK. So, they do terrific work. Um, to help people who are struggling with their mental health and also as well they do sell a range of products as well so thanks to all of them I do believe as well the partnership should be continuing with all three of those in that season for the fans people um, and well done to the winners the guy that won ours I think must have won the whole competition he has to get bloody shitload of prizes um, so aye fair play him with 436 entrants so decent amount there that. And then I earlier on, Ali Graham, we've got to thank him for the Premiership. No, the lower league predictions. And it is now one all because Ali won the first season. We won the second season. So bring it on that season, Ali. Yeah. He's definitely committed to it. <laughs> he, had a mid, he had a slump in the second half of the season. But he's definitely for come back on. Um, incidentally, uh, the lower league stuff um, that we did, um, we made my list. Um, it, was a, it was tough to choose between, um, you know, 
74 episodes, but um, that series uh, made it. Um, also, like the women's stuff that we've been doing this season had to get a mention, yeah. so I specifically put in the Women's Cup final preview. I thought that was well put together. That was the other um, one that was on then, my list. The, the, the Women's Cup final was one was so well put together, it was phenomenal. It was almost like professional compared to what we usually do here. <laughs> Just because the rays were all cutting to each other as well, and it was like because it was obviously different folk doing the different interviews, so that was really well done. Uh, that was uh, that was my top three. Though. Uh, thank you. And obviously, you and to me um, was my, my favourite. But just to speak to guys like Patrick Anderson, Alan Smith, and Hugh McDonald, and you know, um, incidentally, a message from um, the guy um, Sebastian Stanbury, um, who said who listened to one of the the book episode, John, and he, he was happy that he was part of um, the, the answer of a quiz question. <laughs> Aye, good. And I, I, I got that part right, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry. yeah. So it's good to know that um, previous guests from Denmark still listen to Scottish Football Forms podcast. Definitely. And we should thank all the guests that have been on the podcast as well. So, and we'll keep bringing as much variety as we can, and probably even more variety in that season. Um, we've got a good team as well. We've grown, the team's grown as well a fair bit. So we need to thank all the regulars that are not here that are on the beach with Donald. How can we? Don, what was your three favourites? Three favourites? Um, uh, the quiz, I did enjoy the quiz. It, it, um, it was amusing. Dick Ray, because it's just a privilege to go on an episode with him um, in terms of listening to him. And I quite enjoy being on Dick with the Tater because obviously I like the music thing, side of things. That's something I've kind of tried to push on the back of when you did uh, when you had McGill on originally, um, who was on more so as a prior musician than anything else. Then he joined the team. Um, so I did I enjoy talking to the boys from Dick Tater as well. But every episode's been brilliant. Like we've been we've impressed this year in terms of every single episode has smashed anything we did last season. So we're growing bigger and better and all that which will hopefully continue to happen next year or season Absolutely. is there any is there any, will Scott McGill be back next season in his van in his van who knows we'll need to um, get the contracts drawn up for next season he's um, all signed up get the funny tweets I don't know there's been a few folks yes. that have struggled with injuries most of the season so I don't know if we can maybe maybe yeah. a page you play or page you appear <laughs> Incidentally, one of the new, their newest recruit, Vinny, has um, top three um, were he put the Glasgow Football Tours, he put the mental health, um, like Josh mentioned, this is a love being part of that, and <laughs> he put in, uh, oddly, Scotland Ukraine debrief is so therapeutic. He's right, though, it was. I mean, that the, I've obviously one? not been on many of them, but like that, I've listened back to the older podcasts, and I mean, you, you asked us to pick three, and my top three's got about eight podcasts in it, which probably tells Aye. you a lot because it was so hard to pick just three, and so I kind of went for three themes effectively. But even the ones were like, I mean, I'm not big into my music like you guys are, but the ones that we've had the, the kind of music football combo specials have been brilliant. The the Derek Ray one again, like I was I was fortunate enough to be on with Derek. A few like good few years ago when he was first on the podcast, and it was exactly as you describe it. It's just his knowledge, but you could combine the knowledge of everybody in this podcast, and it doesn't even come to a tenth of what that guy knows. He is phenomenal, and he's such a great orator. Uh, you, you can listen to him for hours. 
Um, so I am not surprised that was among like anybody that was on that podcast. I'm not surprised that's a favourite. But I of seventy four previous podcasts, every single one of them has been had some highlight somewhere along the line, and it was very hard to pick just three. Any other highlights of the season apart from podcasts like football highlights? What was the what was some of the funniest moments of this season? I've got to say, I've got to say see see if you were picking a, a person a, a single person from Scottish football who's won Scottish football this year. Um, I, I, for me, I think you're going to be hard pressed to pick anyone else but Mark Mc, um, but Mark McGee. <laughs> uh, he was something else as usual. I think Donald's threatened to get naked if the podcast continues beyond tonight. That's why. That's why we're ending this season after this podcast. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that, even if he has manscaped. Nobody will see that though, though, because he's just a ghost. Nobody sees him anyway, so that's fine. He's a pot. He's a pot. He's, I'm telling you. He's a pot. He's a pot. He's, he's John. He's John Bleasdale or John uh, Brownlee's bot account. Remember, I've been, I've been pictured with him, so he does exist. Until, so. Aye, but yeah, but as I said, you weren't. I can just be. Day, you weren't I, holding up that day's newspaper, were you? And that could have just been a mad en- newspaper. That could have been any old trap from Auchinleck. We don't know that that is who Donald is. So <laughs> that's the other thing. Is that a trap from Auchinleck? Actually, actually I, don't know, I don't know why I'm saying he should have been holding up his uh, the day's newspaper. He should have been holding up his passport or something like that. He'll be back next season for the World Tour, Tour Wrestling Championship anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? See, you mentioned Charlie Adams' dive. I don't think Charlie Adams' dive was as bad as that bloody ball he put across the face of his own goal. They get tapped oh, into that's the best net. cross he's putting all season. <laughs> he, he was a close one, I know. He was a close one to win Scottish football this season, I know, Chris, wasn't he? he was... Oh, he was a bit of a roaster. Oh, oh he's br- brilliant. Oh, just don't get me started on the driving thing that he did. To- I, mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, God, I'm not going to go down that, that, that route of thinking that obviously I would condemn that completely, but uh, no, no, could, I condemn uh, that completely, right? But I mean, in terms of stories, that is box office. Like, you know, like he signs for Dundee. This he's going to be the saviour of Dundee. He's going to keep them up and all that. And he fucking goes and gets. Oh, he's um, aye, he's been box office, Charlie Adam. Do you know how many games Mark McGee won with Dundee? None. <laughs> one. 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 An one end of season nine. game one. against Hibs, which technically gave him a fighting chance of. Surviving, which they were never going to, especially given the fact that Johnson played the Aberdeen the next night. Everyone um, Aberdeen. Exactly. What are your highlights, Josh, for the being Darvel's last game of the season? Uh, oh, and the, no, my, no, my highlight was the meltdown after it, mate. <laughs> the the, 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 the Darvel Twitter meltdown, mate. Other players, their manager, going absolutely like you, hell for leather on Twitter, you know, saying that all like, oh, it wasn't even all about going up, and it wasn't all about this. And you know, we we didn't, you know, we didn't do this. And then half the team was away in Ibiza and a stag do or something like that for the last game. And me, I was just absolutely living in it, living in it that that night. That night on Twitter was a special night for me. I mean, I'm blocked, I'm blocked by most of the Darfield players and uh, and the Darfield Twitter, <laughs> but it's a special night for me. Uh, 
Never mind the cinch, it's all about build base. The build base Premier Division. That's year that is going to be superb everywhere they go. But it adds to it. That's what you want, a wee bit of, wee bit of feistiness and a wee bit of intrigue. All about, all about the builder base, mate. Um, and they've, re- they've actually rejoined the juniors as Pollock have relinquished their junior status. Darbo have decided to go back into playing the junior cup. So, because oh, um, I think AGM was there all day and some teams have decided to rejoin the juniors yeah. as in status to play in the junior cup. But meanwhile, others have decided, nah, we're just going to, we're going to get a bye. So, I think it's going to be between them, um, Darbo and them, um, Up and Gold Broomhill for which is going to be the most hated team out with the Scottish Football League setup. So they make the you know the uh, SPFL set up. Well, Surely it'll be Celtic B Rangers being happy. <laughs> <laughs> anyone that low in the league to be there? <laughs> Who voted for them? Um, I did have a quiz of sorts made up, but it's very quick questions, and they're fairly straightforward. But we'll see. Do you want it? Yeah. Right, okay. Right. So Lewis Ferguson. Took nine penalties for Aberdeen this season. How many did he score? Four. Eight. Nine. Six. I think John got eight. Did you say eight? Ah, yeah, yes, right. You said eight. Uh, we've had the Mark McGee one. Who knocked St. John's out the Scottish Cup? Celtic. What? No, it was Celtic. Oh, it was Celtic. 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 Yeah. All right. Um, who was the top scorer for a broth? Bobby Lynn. Uh, big boy. Bobby Lynn. Was it the boy Hamilton? No. Because there were five Hamilton's at Ampharos. That's a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> is it Dick Campbell? No. One goal. Was it Nicky Lowe, was it? No. Michael McKenna. Ah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, who scored the goal that secured Kilmarnock's promotion? Oh, I know this. I was at that game. Oh, yeah, play Austin. Right. Okay. Um, how, many, how many games did Joe Aribo play that season in total for club and country? 60. Uh, it's going to be in the 60s, 62. 65? Yes. 70, 72. 70. 70. 70. Oh, wow. He said 70 first, George. Wow. So, he, was, he, was, he was out for a wee bit, and all. That's really impressive. Aye. Um, the well, most, well, the, most, the most games out of anyone in world football, supposedly this year, this season. Really? Wow. Well, to be fair, I mean, they played all the Nigeria games, all the uh, European games, uh, all the Scottish Cup games. So, yeah, and then the league. So that's pretty good going. Uh, and which League Cup winner have Livingston signed? Ahead of the new season. Is it <laughs> oh I don't know that. You I'll give someone else the option. You need someone else the option. Nothing else knows John, you just go for it. I could D a clue. Andy considering. No, he's just St. John's. He's just St. John's. Ah obviously I've seen some of the should I say should I just keep quiet? Um, he played with St Mirren. He also played with Hearts at one point as well. 
thought you were asking who you say Kirsten Johnson. I'll get mixed up, sorry. He's a striker. Oh, um, oh, what's his name? He's got a funny name. Uh, I read, I seen that the other day. Um, Selfish? Gone Cal- uh, go Calvez. Gone Calvez, gone Calvez. Esmeel, gone Calvez. She's saying for Calvez, not him. He has, eh? Some clubs some clubs happen business. That's it. That's the quiz. Oh, actually, uh, mind you, John will probably get this one. Our former guest, Craig Joyce, has been announced as manager of who this week? It's in the women's game. I was going to say, there was a women's game. I saw something today. I do know it, but I'm giving everyone else a chance. There was, a, there was an announcement today at a women's team. Oh, God. And it's just gone up my head. It is a clue. Is the guy got a beard? Ah, it's the one I was thinking of. Think of Donald at the beach and what's at the speedos. That's not helped me. That's made it worse. Queen's Park. Well done, Chris. <laughs> The spiders. <laughs> Aye. So good luck to him. I was quite surprised that he moved from uh, well, I think it was a mutual, it must have been a mutual thing, I'm guessing. Um after the season it got because, women had. Yeah, because they um appointed his successor pretty quickly after a couple of days, but my only um conclusion is that he thinks he's taking Glasgow women girls as far as I can. For them to get promoted, they don't even they're not even affiliated to like, a full time professional club. And he's taking them up above the, you know, likes of Kilmarnock and St. Johnson and um, to a lesser extent, Barramure. So um, I think he'll, Queen's Park's an interesting one because they were down near the bottom, but maybe they'll throw money at, at the women's game as well. And um, But now he's a good coach, a good guy. He came to the, the lunch, lunch day as well, so good luck to Craig next season. Anyone else get any quiz questions before we wrap up? John, you usually like a wee question, huh? Um, I, well, I've, I've, got, I've got one. Um, is them to get any highlights of the season that are non, uh, like non banter related? So any anything that was a that gave you a particular moment of, you know, um, a particular moment of joy. Aye, uh, John McGinn's goal the... against Israel was orgasmic. I celebrated that goal more than I celebrated McTominay's because McTominay's I was almost stunned, but McGinn's uh, goal was just. Uh, you just that afterwards, a... when they that game, all, yes, sir, I can boogie and all the rest of it, free from desire. Yeah. Just everybody staying at hand and for a good kind of half hour after the actual full time whistle was just amazing. That was a special night. Um, special. Yeah, I'll never. I'll never. Sorry, no, 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 Josh, you go first. <laughs> right. No, I was just going to say, um, I, I was just going to say that in, in terms of the the pantheon of um, great Hamden nights, that's must be up there. Um, I mean, obviously, I was never at some of the ones in the seventies and eighties and sixties and all that, but that must be up there with one of Hamden's greatest nights. That was, sure, I know, and I know it didn't seal the group or anything, but it was an incredible night. It was a huge result in the in terms of that group. No, us getting the the points off. Can I just can I just confirm that none of us were at any of the sixties, seventies, or eighties? I think so. Yeah, we're not we're not that exactly. Old. Aye, yeah. I mean, it was the first full house after the pandemic as well, um, Hamden, and uh, 
you know, it was such a key key game, and I'll never forget. You know, my my mum, my sister, and uh, her two them left on ninety minutes to beat the traffic, and Callum um, said to me, "Won't you go?" Dad was like, "No, you never know what's going to happen." Because I just had that feeling this was going to be that night, and then. When we're leaving after the game, he says that was the best night ever and things like that. So one of the first big football memories. So that's why that game's special for me. I should have left earlier with my son because his first game was the Poland friendly. So I mean that that is probably one of the weird things about the the symmetry of my life. My very first Scotland game was a Scotland Poland friendly back in nineteen ninety. His first Scotland Poland game, his first Scotland game was a Scotland Poland game, and it finished one each because we binned it. <laughs> But what was worse, the penalty um, that Poland got or the Gary Gillespie goal? No, it's not the Gary Gillespie one, obviously, because the Gary Gillespie <laughs> goal was ridiculous. But the penalty was a bit soft and right at the end and really annoying because I thought we were finally going to have beaten Poland. But no, it was need to be. But I, I, I've had plenty of highlights for this season. I mean, there was that. I got to my first juniors game. Well, I know they're not juniors anymore, but yeah, the, that was a. I mean, Josh probably enjoyed that day at all because Irvin Medal beat Pollock. <laughs> I, um, I, I I didn't even know you were that you were at that game. I know I never realised where you'd have been until after the game was done, unfortunately. So, but I did get my catch up with you um, again. Just Saturday there, or um, challenge with the the, the Hamdeners and the Glasgow Football Tour and that kind of stuff. Spending, that was, the, com- I, spending time with the company of Jeff, that was a challenge. Yeah. I will. Well, I mean that that that's probably the most amusing thing is that we've been doing this podcast eleven years, John, and that was the longest we've spent in each other's company. Yes. <laughs> That wasn't it over the, the way we do the podcast. So I no change a bit as well. No change a bit. No, no, no. I'm, I'm exactly the same age I was back in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed a lot since 2011. It's frightening. But aye, that did, meeting up with everybody on on Saturday was fantastic. And like, I mean, I know it wasn't everybody because obviously a couple of you guys in the podcast tonight weren't able to make it, but they were missed. And yet we still had such a great time together. And, and it will hopefully become an annual event. So, yeah. aye. And then, I mean... First time I met you for five minutes early in the season, remember? Yes, so, so aye, yeah, that was, again, that was the first we've met. <laughs> but that was before the Denmark game. Uh-huh. Aye, that's the first we've actually met. So, I mean, when you consider how long we've been doing this podcast for, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous in some ways. But, uh, aye, I mean, the, 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 the football highlight for me is obviously Celtic regaining the title. Um, and in the manner they went, in which they've done it, I mean, I... Did not expect Ange Postecoglou to come in and change things that quickly. It will be fascinating to see what happens this season to see if he can carry on from there. Because it's one thing being able to turn around an absolute shit show that we had the previous season, but he now has to kick on from there because we need to try and retain the title now. We need to start making an impact in Europe, especially when you consider what happened across the river. I mean... Any season where a Scottish team gets the European finals, uh, an historic one, um, it just was need to be for Rangers to, to win it. And that's what four attempts we've had up to win the UEFA Cup final now, and we've still not managed it. Between ourselves and Rangers and Dundee United. So, uh, maybe next thing. But, uh, aye, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a, another great season to watch things. And um, I, I, maybe the biggest surprise of all was just how many people had cardboard cutouts, Stephen Gerrard. How could we forget that in funny moments earlier? Well, <laughs> hey, sp- speaking of um, cardboard cutouts, one of my highlights of the season is the amount of Ryland Clark uh, cardboard cutouts and all that. I, I just think that is a hilarious part. Of, um, and, and long may I'm long for that to continue, by the way. I think if you go back all the way back to the kind of start of the season as well, it was um, 
St. Johnston getting a draw in Turkey against Galatasaray because uh, they, they had a, a really tough season yeah. after that but you know to, to, they did themselves proud that night um, to get that draw and then you know got as many people as he could in McDermott Park uh, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be in the second leg but that was a, a, a hard highlight for Scottish football I felt and then just getting back to football games getting to go back yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. overall as John mentioned earlier, that uh, Scotland Israel game was the, the, the first packed Hamden since the pandemic, and it was the first game I'd got back to since taking my son to his first Celtic game, which was like the last game before the pandemic. So, uh, I, 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 I stood there before the game, and I was, I was actually feeling a wee bit emotional about it. I'm, I'm happy to admit that it was, it was good to be back and never to be taken for granted. Going to the football, um, just what it means. Personally, uh, for me, another highlight would have been going to Pollock with the, the dog um, because, you know, that's when you talk about community and all the rest of it as well. And teams at, at you know, that kind of level do allow everybody and anybody in. And, you know, it, it, just, it was just a new, different experience I'd never had at a football ground before. Um, and... The wee, wee asshole was fine, so that's good as well. So it's not usual, and he's actually that well behaved. George said the same about you. Ah, well, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't well behaved. I was running on the pitch and everything, but uh, he was fine. That was a bit. And then we can't forget a recent highlight as well for me. Attended your book launch, John, at Hamden. So tremendous stuff. Great day. Um, the footage of it as well. The guests. The cake. Callum's speech. You were pretty decent as well. Oh, God, did I must yeah. it in that cake? Never <laughs> <laughs> mind the book. <laughs> Aye, people were going for the cake and no wonder she's did a wonderful job. No, that was a, that was a special day. Um, no, that's the day where I can look back and really say I've, I've achieved something in life. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty, and thanks to all you guys for um, your respect and support and um, running it up and um, I know went on about it quite a bit, but I don't care. <laughs> Just remind everyone where they can buy it. You can buy it from Amazon, Waterstones, obviously. Um, there's, I think, WH Smith have it as well. But if you want a guaranteed signed copy, because um, I've not been asked them all to do any signings, um, just message me directly and I'll arrange it for you. So just um, get in touch. Right. Basically, slide into your DMs is what you're saying. Yeah, my DMs are open and I'm all response. There are people out there who have their DMs open and say they've got their DMs, but they don't want to reply to them, even though they read them. Plus, it's a great time to buy the book. Too important. Because there's no football to watch. Exactly. So, do a bit of reading. Exactly. Summer holidays are going along quite. Um, you know, that book will give, get you through a flight to Gran Canaria or whatever. So, yeah. Aye, it's better than another book by that other guy that does the podcast. I can't even remember what it is. Oh, let's not talk about Ireland. Right, I think that is might that might be a wrap then for the season. So see before we go then. Aye. Preview season twelve. What's coming? What have we got planned? Well, we're definitely going to be doing preview podcasts of the Premiership. That's nailed on. Hopefully we're gonna have some more mental health chat ones. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. Def- Vinny and I have spoken a wee bit. Uh, we're definitely hoping to continue that next season and maybe expand on it a wee bit. Yeah, and we're hoping to do a, um, a bumper special for SWPL one season. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Aye, and we've got more bands on as well to talk football and music as well. And hopefully there'll be some new stuff as well, because every season we've got something different and new. So keep it keeps it fresh for us. As long as we're <coughs> as long as we're enjoying it, then hopefully the, the listeners will enjoy it. So thanks to all the listeners as well and followers. Uh, Ryan Giggs has resigned as the Welsh manager. That's good. So I thought oh, that'd, that'd be, be good for a topical Scottish football programme. That'd be long good for over, the Welsh long over football podcast. Now, if we want to talk about international football, you should definitely give the previous podcast a listen because on Friday night we've got the Scotland women playing. Well, I'm going to say it's not in Ukraine because it's in Bone, but yeah. they're playing Ukraine and Zhezhev just because I got murdered in the previous podcast that I pronounced that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give another special shout out to Chris Marshall because not only is he fit in knowledge of women's football, he stepped in um, when I was not well to do the first preview early in the season. Yeah. Um, so well, kudos to him for that. Statement of podcast, he's probably never heard of beforehand. And I mean, um, Stuart Mitchell, the BBC commentator, who's done a few as well. Um, right Aye. So, I think, I mean, that's another highlight for me is that I've learned a lot listening to these podcasts. So, in the past year, I've learned more about Scottish women's football than I'd ever known before. I've probably picked up more about the lower leagues and what the, the non-league or whatever we're going to call it at the moment, the West of Scotland and East of Scotland football leagues, I've learned more in the last few months than I'd ever known before. So I, I think that's, it's been an education. And again, the education they got on Saturday was fantastic as well. So it's not just a bit of fun. We learn stuff. Hi. So the season is over and we're all the way to celebrate with Aaron Ramsey's wages they got at Rangers because he didn't deserve them and we'll have them.